This is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. The time is 1231, and let's join Craig Warmbold for Community Comment. And good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Our guests on Community Comment today are with the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Dodge County, the ADRC as it's commonly known. Ashley Sanborn is a disability benefits specialist. Jenny Farmer is an elder and disability benefits specialist, and they are both SHIP counselors. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. And the phone number, if you've got a uh, question, maybe you got a question about uh, Medicare Advantage, uh, that's one of the things we'll be talking about today. We'll be talking about Disability Advocacy Day of Action, which is coming up on March 3rd. Maybe you got a question, uh, you know, about some of the tax assistance programs they've got, or um, we're going to be talking at some point a little bit about the uh, Social Security benefits and some of the different types there, or more. And it, maybe you've got a question about something that I didn't just mention, 920-885-4446. That's 920-885-4446. And I'm looking forward to learning more about Social Security. I feel like I just kind of pretend like I know what I'm talking about when I talk to you guys. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. We have a lot to share with you today. And you're not necessarily the Social Security people. You are. You work with Social Security. You know the ins and outs of Social Security. But you, uh, but you don't. You're not necessarily in the Social Security office. That's not. That's not your thing. Correct. Correct. You we call just, the Social do. Security office. We yes. have. And do you get uh, cut off anymore when you call the Social Security? I haven't office? in a little while, so okay. I think it is getting better. All right. Yeah, I was just talking to another group about this today. My phone calls have been going through. All right. This isn't the case for everyone. My whole time hasn't been more than like 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Before, before I've heard people waiting a couple hours. Oh. I think that's also dependent on what number they're calling. If they're calling their local field office or if they're calling the national number. Okay. So the national number is going to have a longer wait time. Oh, it's going to have a longer wait time. Now, when it came to the issue that was going on for months and months, if not more than a year, of dropping calls, that was local, that was national, that didn't mm. matter. But if you call your local office, you're probably going to get a little bit shorter of a wait time. Mm -hmm. Much like if you call your local ADRC, uh, there are a <laughs> slew of benefits uh, that uh, you could find, not the least of which is saving money, perhaps on some of the things that you're already using from the state. Correct. Yes, that's our goal is to help people get like the best out of their benefits that they can possibly get. Um, so calling us, we can help people get their benefit checkup, is something we like to call it. So if they are getting Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, any of those types of things, we want to help make sure you're in the right program because mm -hmm. perhaps you need to be switched over to something else. So um, right now, a good time to check into the right programs is for we're in the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. <clears throat> what so, is Medicare Advantage? Yes, so a Medicare Advantage plan is the combination of, <coughs> excuse me, original Medicare, which is Medicare A and B, combining that into a private insurance program, which then makes it either called Medicare Advantage plan or Part C. Um, so during this time, you could have a plan you're working with, United, Humana, any of these programs, and maybe this plan just isn't quite working for you. You found out, you picked it, and it doesn't work with your primary care provider, or it's not covering the prescriptions you're on. Doesn't mean it's a bad plan, it's just not the right fit for you. 
You have until now, well, it started January 1st, until March 31st, to switch those plans. This is only for people, though, who are already in a Medicare Advantage plan. If you're not in an Advantage plan, this isn't the time to start it. Then again, we always try to look for loopholes. If some situation <laughs> isn't working for you, we try to find a way in the system to make it work for you. But ideally, this is the time to just double check your plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that's through March 31st. <laughs> Correct. Um, when it uh, when it comes to the idea of shopping around for these uh, different private plans that are, act as a supplement to Medicare A and B, is it uh, is it something that the individual who's looking do they have to go it on their own? Should they be reaching out to these insurance companies and, and be getting ideas, or is this something the ADRC can help with? All of the above. Okay, <laughs> do your homework. Yeah. So um, our office is available to individuals who have an interest in having unbiased information and they really need um, more technical assistance Uh, you can do it by yourself if you're a computer savvy person the plan finder is a really awesome tool and it's the same tool we're going to use Um, and then some people just prefer to go to an agent and there's nothing wrong with that Um, our recommendation to people if they go that route is to just make sure that they're viewing as many plans as possible um, because the agent is going to be commissioned for certain um, plans. And so they're going to get commission off of um, you signing up under certain plans. So they're not going to be unbiased. So finding an agent that has the most um, connections to other plans is going to be your best option because you're going to see more. Mm-hmm. Is it is it okay to to change your uh, in private insurance carrier for Medicare Part C every year? Is that uh, is that a hassle? Does that lead to other complications or you know I mean other than saving money, is it worth it in the end to just oh, save a few yeah. dollars to do this? I would say yes. Yeah, we highly encourage that. And that's why you have us coming to talk to you about Medicare open enrollment always, too. That's when we preach to you guys a lot. And then come fall, you get all the commercials and all the flyers. Um, Because what works for you this year might not be best for you next year. Not only because the formula may have changed for their plan, but also your needs may have changed. You may need different medications than you needed before. You may be seeing different doctors. And there's so much to know about the ins and outs of Medicare, which is why we really encourage people to then take our class so we can explain all these different things uh, going on. Because we've had people who will maybe stay with the same plan but switch pharmacies, and they'll save $120,000 for the year. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's not just a cup of coffee. That's, you know, that's a small house. You know, it's it's big savings for people. I mean, are they really going to save $120,000? It just seems like if, they, if the average person had a $120,000 cost that, I mean, would they go through, would they actually go through with the, a program? People have been well, placed on that kind of program? It depends on how and, you look at it. Okay. So um, for an individual, if they pick a plan and they just stick with that plan for the rest of their living life, mm-hmm. um, how much are they forking out that they didn't have to? Right. 
They could be paying $500 for a prescription when really another plan could have been $5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it might be a hassle to change plans. I'm not going to lie there. It is a hassle. But there isn't any government connection thing that doesn't have some kind of hassle to it. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, so to be your best advocate and do what's best for you is to look at your plan every year. If it's the same plan the next year, stick with it. If it's not, Make that change because it's going to be better for you. You could have had medications that have changed right. in the last year. It's about being a savvy consumer. I, I like the example right. of in a different world, I um, switched my car insurance two years ago. I mm-hmm. went from one agency to another. I saved $100 a month. And if I wouldn't have taken that time just to call and get a quote, and it was ridiculous because I knew for a couple of years that I'm probably paying too much, but mm-hmm. eh, I just don't want to deal with it. I just want to go with the flow. They take the money from my account. I'm not going to worry about it. And finally, I was like, wait, okay, now this is just silly. So I took the plunge and made a phone call that took me less than 20 minutes, and now I'm saving all this money. So, But we're here to help you. When I switched my car insurance, nobody was there to help me. I just kind of did the homework on my own. We're here to help. Now, uh, again, Medicare Advantage open enrollment period uh, is uh, open through March 31st. What's coming up in the fall? What Medicare open enrollment? Is it Part D? That's also Advantage plans and Part D. But you can be new to Advantage plans at that time, but Uh also for people who are in their Advantage plans, um, that's that's the main time to really focus in on that. And that's when we're doing everything with the plan finder. Okay. And we're super, super busy people. Are you, you're changing like A, B, C, D then? Not A and B. We're changing C and D. So C is a combination of all of them. And D is one that you add on to A and B. So it depends on which route you go. But we're never actually changing A and B. It just kind of ends up going in the background. <laughs> a, a and B is the thing that you initially sign up for. Medicare, yep. Part A is hospital. Part B is your clinic. So it's all of your medical needs. And then you add Part D as a drug coverage. Mm-hmm. Part C is if you want a little bit more of a, a Part level. C is if you want all of them put together in one package so you don't have to have them separated. Oh, okay. And part D can be in embedded into your Part C, or you can get a Part C and Part D separate. Okay. Just to make it more confusing. Yeah. All These right. are the things we dream about at night. This is what everybody has to do, too, right? Everybody has to, at age, at a certain age, decide if they're going to go for C and D. Does everybody have to take A and B? You're not going to go to prison if you don't do it. Okay. But (laughs) if you don't do it, down the line, when your health needs change or lifestyle changes, you could end up with a penalty. If you are actively working, though, no, you don't have to. Oh, you don't have to. Okay. No, there's a lot of different rules. Um, And like Jenny said, you're not going to go to prison. But um, (laughs) if comes down the road that you need the insurance... Um, there may be a penalty if you didn't sign up when you should have. Okay. Which is why we really want people to come to our class on March yeah. 13th at 1 p.m. so we can explain this. So if you're, if, you're, um, if you're approaching age 65 or you have been approved for Social Security Disability and you are approaching 24 months of that from your onset, um, then you should be taking our class. And this is a class you could take in person, or are you offering the uh, We're still offering virtual, yep. Okay. We still offer virtual, but we do highly encourage in person. 
just because of, well, for one, you can get swag, so you might get a cup oh, or a pen okay. if you show up. But also, we can read your cues better, and you can read our cues better. It's just, we feel like the learning environment is that much better. But we also we keep offering the virtual option because we know for some people, it just doesn't work to come into our class, which is completely understandable. And then in the fall, we don't have the date yet, but in the fall, we typically have a class at the Watertown Library as well. Mm-hmm. That's a joint class with Jefferson, but we don't have the dates or times or any of that yet, but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. So what um, what technologically would I need if I did want to uh, join this remotely? I guess in terms of what video conferencing app is the one that you guys use. Um, so you can do it through phone okay, or through any kind of internet okay. connection. Um, so t- we've had people with tablets, we've had people with computers, we've had people just log do the phone line. It is much easier if you can see the slides. Mm-hmm. So the fo- we don't recommend the phone. Um, however, we do print everything, so everyone has it in print in case there's technological issues. Because that's what happens in today's world when we <laughs> rely on technology for everything. Um, but pretty much any version, if it's telephone or through an internet base, we can make zoom happen yes the app is actually zoom that we send you the link via email Um, we also send you a copy in print if you want to just type it in but Mm -hmm. through email you really just have to click on the link if you don't have zoom already installed on your device it'll then give you directions on how to install zoom my recommendation to people is to try to have Zoom installed on your device ahead of time just to make things go more smoothly. And you can always call us ahead of time, and we can try to help walk you through that. And there is no fee to uh, to have a Zoom app on your phone or your device no. or your tablet or co- your computer or any of that. No, it's a free app. Yeah. You could pay for it if you want and get a higher level of service, but for the purposes right. of the, the Medicare class, welcome to Medicare. Um, they should not be no charged cost. anything, correct. Okay. correct. What was the date on that again? Um, <laughs> that was March 13th at 1 p.m. Okay. We highly encourage you to sign up at least a week ahead of time. If you try to call closer to that time, we might not be able to get you added into the class. We, we do have limited seating. Out. Okay. Yeah. Where is this at the administration building in Juneau? No. Oh, it's at Henry Dodge? Yes. yes. Okay. Right. We're right yes. next to the Clearview, the beautiful huge clear view um it's like right across from the airport have, essentially yeah yeah kind of on the outer fringes mm-hmm. of uh, of juno df is that what yep. it is county, county road, road df, DF. Wow. yeah Very good well, yes. and the class will be on the first floor um we have a, a nice a conference room that's quite large but we do still like to honor um spacing so we understand that there are, these are vulnerable demographics that we the people that come in through for the ADRC um, they could have illnesses or have weakened immune systems so we try to still honor spacing and so we do have limited seating okay some good things to keep in mind between now and um, March 13th when you're welcome to Medicare classes there is a disability advocacy day of action what do we need to know about that. It is coming up. So the event is going to be on March 16th. <laughs> I think this is the same Oh, wait, no, I'm reading last, last year's. Month, right? Never mind. Oh, I'm okay. reading last year's. <laughs> oh, no. I pulled up the wrong one. March. Is it March 3rd? Is it March 13th? Is it March 23rd? Oh, give me one second. <laughs> well, it's in March. 
It is in March. While Ashley is looking up the date, um, that I may have put a typo on our form. <laughs> it is a typo. Um, it is. Wait, so, I want to confirm I have the right date first. March 23rd. That's what I had. Okay. Oh, there. Oh, no, that's, I think that's the Medicare that's basics. That's our class schedule. Mm, yes. So close, L.A. Um, so March 23rd. So she's looking up the date. The Disability Advocacy Day March. is a day for, did you find it? No. Okay. So <laughs> the actual purpose of the day is to help people have their voice heard. Um, so whether you have a disability or you know someone who has a disability, um, this is the opportunity for people to speak up on the topics that are most important to um, what's going on in our own state. This is how the start of how policies get changed and improved. Um, I imagine um, if there are pal uh, policies that you're, you're passionate about, it probably never hurts to reach out to a, uh, a state legislator if it's a, a state law that may need to be addressed or one of your congressmen or senator's offices if it's a, uh, if it's a federal law. One voice can do a lot, but when one voice is a bunch of voices get together uh, and have something like the uh, Disability Advocacy Day of Action, um, even more is exponentially possible. Right. And um, so the the information that I was looking up, I wanted to make sure I gave it all correct. So uh, it is March 23rd, and um, registration is through the Survival Coalition of Wisconsin Disability Organizations. So um, the registration is free, but you have to register to participate, and you get to speak. So you'll get all these talking points of issues that are going on that are current in policymaking, and then after you go through all of that information with the Survival Coalition, you're going to be able to actually speak to legislators face-to-face. -face. Oh, right there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's really awesome. So if you're a person who has a disability or if you are in any way connected to a person and passionate about advocacy for individuals with disabilities, um, this is definitely an event to go to. It makes a huge difference. And, um, I, you know, I imagine um, a, an event like this, I, I know you guys are always looking for volunteers. I know transportation sometimes could be a, uh, a challenge. I'm sure there's people out there uh, that might have a little bit of, uh, of free time. They might have a little bit of room in their vehicle. Um, this might be an excellent way for, uh, for them to be able to, uh, to give back and maybe help somebody get to the, um, the day of advocacy. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, it's the day of action. The Day of Action, yes. yes. Uh, is, and that is in Madison. It is in Madison. It's down, um, it's going to start at the Monona Terrace, and then we'll be taking a trip, um, which is a really quick block, to the Capitol. Um, and there'll be a rally at the Capitol, and then you meet with the legislators. Excellent. Very good. That's all coming up on March 23rd, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit so that we can maybe compartmentalize agenda item number five mm. and pick it up right after the break so why don't we continue on this theme of uh, volunteerism and the need for for volunteers uh, there is no shortage of need in the area is there no not at the ADRC um, we have lots of different areas to volunteer um, but one that's really hurting right now is our transportation department and um, our our staff that work at Elaine and Etika. It's Elaine's birthday today. Oh, so happy we should birthday, wish her a happy birthday. Um, they work really hard to try and get people to their doctor's appointments. They also used to be able to um, get people to like the grocery store, to church, things like that. 
It is not as easy anymore because we don't have the volunteer drivers and we don't have that availability. There are so many um, individuals in our county that don't have transportation. And so if, if you have free time and you have a vehicle that is insured, there, there are perks to it. You do get reimbursements. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a really easy way to help and uh, you're doing something really good. And if you wanted to sign up for that, you would just call the ADRC's main line, the 920-386-3580. Give them a call. Let them know that you're calling to be a volunteer. Perhaps driving isn't what you want to do. Maybe you want to volunteer at one of the meal sites or another program within the ADRC. We recently were looking at a list. There's like 20 different opportunities for volunteering. But driving and meal sites are really where they needed the help right now. Um, Even if you can only do it one day a week or half a day a week, they're looking for anybody who can help. So just give them a call and see if that works for you. Is that Meals on Wheels? Is that a different type of thing? Um, We do have home-delivered meal program, yes. It's, uh, but it's not necessarily falling under that moniker then. Uh, it's in the same department. It is managed by the same people. Um, but And they do have volunteer positions for that as well. Okay. All right. Some good things to keep in mind from yes. our friends from the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Dodge County website and Facebook, uh, you know, social media, all that kind of online yes. stuff. What do we need to know here? Pay attention to us. So follow us on Dodge Co- ADRC of Dodge County on Facebook. We are constantly updating it. Not only us as Ben benefit specialists, but other programs and classes are constantly on there. And we like to just get little tidbits of information. Uh, We keep our website fairly up to date. Uh, Our class schedule is on there for the entire year. Uh, We have videos on there for self-education. We have a page that just gives you information about where you can drop off prescriptions in our county. Uh, so there's just a wealth of information on there, and we try to have some things not only in English but also in Spanish. Uh, we have a link to the 2023 Medicare New Booklets. Uh, I think I have that listed in six different languages. Okay. Um, so we're just trying to keep the community aware of what's going on and I hope people are looking at it uh, just because there's and I, we try to make it entertaining. You know, there's videos in there that are cartoon versions, too, if that's what you prefer. prefer. So um, please check it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, would uh, a volunteer who is also uh, multilingual, bilingual, uh, be a benefit, you think, in your transportation oh, department? <laughs> yes. Huge benefit. Okay. That would yes. be wonderful. I know I personally have been trying to brush up my own Spanish because it's not as good as it used to be. So... Um, I work on an app every day trying to brush up those skills. So um, we do have a lot of Spanish-speaking friends who come to the ADRC and need our help as well. So being bilingual is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay, that phone number again for the ADRC of Dodge County, 920-386-3580. Our guests are uh, disability benefits specialists, elder benefits specialists, Ashley Sanborn, Jenny Farmer. After the break, uh, it's going to be Social Security 101. They're going to try to teach me what I might need to know about the various aspects of Social Security. Yeah, we're going to quiz you after. Yeah, there, there will be a test. Oh, it's not essay, though, is it? <laughs> yeah, Good. long oh, essay. Oh, no. Uh, we'll take a break and be back here in just a few minutes. This is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Let's go back to Craig Warmbold for community comment. And our guests are with the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Dodge County, the ADRC of Dodge County, Ashley Sanborn, Jenny 
farmer, our uh, disability and ed- elder benefits specialists and ship counselors. Uh, but today they are going to put on their social security hats. Again, you guys are not employed by social security. No. Nope. But you field a heck of a lot of calls about social security. Do you, are yes. you, do you do you provide recommendations of what people should do with social security? We provide facts, and we let people make the decisions from there. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, there isn't really a decision to be made. The facts that led you up to this moment is really the path you have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so there really isn't a lot of choice mm-hmm. when it comes down to, especially when it comes to social security. Because quite, quite often, people will call the ADRC and they'll say, well, I'm having issues with my Social Security. Well, then our resource specialist, and then when it comes to us, first thing we have to determine is when you say Social Security, what do you mean? Uh, because Social Security isn't Social Security. Like, there's just, there's a world out there, and what we want to talk to you about today is really just giving you kind of a highbrow definition of like the main types of social security but within each of these types there's a lot of um, nuances and a lot of rules and a lot of calculations so we would have to spend days and Mm -hmm. days talking about social security to really teach you everything there is to know but we're trying to squeeze this into our little radio moment Mm -hmm. with you all not only for your education, so if you call us, you might know a little bit better of what your question is, um, but also just so you personally know, because a lot of people just don't know. They just know they get Social Security. If, if you're in that period right now, the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period is going on through March 31st. Uh, are the decisions you're making there with things like that, um, do they come into play with Social Security at all? Do you, do you kind of need to know both sides of that coin to be able to make an educated uh, decision about one or the other? Yes and no. So uh, Medicare and Social Security are tied together. Um, we didn't bring it with us today, but we actually have a fact sheet at our office um, that shows when you should call Medicare versus when you should call Social Security. Mm. So they are tied together in okay. some things. But the things that we want to talk to you about with the different types of Social Security days, we're really focusing on the financial side of Social Security and how your payments get to you and what type of payment it is. Mm -hmm. Um, This doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what type of Advantage plan you're getting or if you're getting a supplement or a prescription plan. This is another world. Okay. So we're going from health insurance to income. Uh Uh-huh, right. And I thought, so I thought Social Security, we're just... It's retirement, right? It's your retirement there's thing. It's so a component. Much more. <laughs> oh, there's more. Okay, there's more than just the retirement thing. Right. Okay. So, so what, should we start off with the retirement? Yeah, let's start with retirement. That's the one that's most common that, like, I think everyone knows, is that when you retire, when you're ready to retire, you contact Social Security, and you start filling out forms. Jenny is the expert, though. I do not do retirement, so I'm going to let Jenny cover that one. Okay, oh, Jenny. Okay. Well, here I am. Okay, so retirement 101 with Social Security. So when you retire from working, you will notice that your friend Sally may have retired at a different age than you were planned to retire. So that's the one thing I want you to know is the year you are born depends on what year you can retire um, to get your full retirement benefits. There is also another portion of it that you can delay getting your retirement benefits so that way your actual monthly payments are more 
than what was originally planned. Now, to get retirement benefits, you need to have 40 work credits. You can get up to four work credits a year. Each work credit changes in amount every year. So annually, the, the amount changes, just like we know for everything with inflation. Um, if you take these benefits, sorry, let me back up. There's just so much. So let's say you don't have 40 work credits, but you're married and your spouse does have 40 work credits. Well then, depending on your situation, you can retire off of your works, your spouse's benefits, but I'm kind of jumping ahead there. Because mm -hmm. um, spousal social security is like another component, kind of like retirement. Right, mm -hmm. right. So with the retirement as well, um, you can take penalties if you take early retirement. So we'll have some people taking retirement at age 62. Um, so their benefit amount each month might be a little lower versus someone who's taking it at 68. So this is something, the best way to know what your retirement benefit will be, remember this is just retirement, is if you create your online social security account. So you go to ssa.gov and you create an account. When you're on there, this is, I think there was a quote once from me saying here, Social Security can be fun. Well, that was because <laughs> um, there's a little marker you can move back and forth to show what year, what age you retire, even down to the month. And then it'll show you how much that payment will be each month. So you can really look at, okay, if I wait until July instead of January, it's going to change my benefit by this much. And it really does make oh, a it's, difference. It's not just 62 to 68 that changes right. it. It's month by month that year. Right. Okay. Right. So you can start thinking about taking Social Security at 62. And if you miss your birthday at 62, it's not like, oh, now you got to wait till 68. Right. Correct. Right. And, are the, and those are the ages, because I remember it used to be 65, and then we heard it, about it going up. And is it? Well, 62 is that early retirement. That's when, and most people don't take it at a time. You are taking a cut if right. you take your Social Security at that time. Um, but 62 hasn't changed the same right. way that 65 has changed. 62 Correct. has not changed. Huh. To, okay. That's but that's early retirement. Right. If you want your full retirement benefit that Jenny was explaining, it's based off of your birthday. Yeah. So the year you were born, it will tell you on your Social Security account um, what you what year and month. So your age, if it's sixty six and a half, um, it will tell you what that is to get full retirement benefit. Mm -hmm. So to give some example, I brought along the chart for years. So let's say you were born in 1957. Mm -hmm. Your full retirement age is 66 and six months. Okay. If you are born 1960 or later, mm. your full retirement age is 67. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're going to get that benefit amount that you were pretty much banking on. When you were getting that annual letter from Social Security, that's the number that they were talking to you about. Okay. Now, if you push this off, you could see if you do a delayed retirement, you could see that number go higher. After 67. Correct. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, but uh, you cash in it. Is there like a general like percentage that you would throw out of the difference between retiring, taking that early retirement at 62 and 67? Is it like is it like half as much that you would get or is that not is well, that so where, complicated that it's hard it, to give an answer? That's where we start getting complicated because how much you earned when you were working mm -hmm. affects how much your Social Security is. You need those 40 quarters, right? 
Right. You need those 40 work credits, but also somebody who is earning uh, 35000 a year, they haven't paid in as much as someone who's earning 70000 a year because you've been paying into this program. So what you're paying into it does affect what you get back. Mm-hmm. And, and that if you were making thirty five thousand dollars in nineteen seventy seven, is that uh, is that adjusted for inflation to today's price of what that would be? So your retirement is based on more recent years. So if you stopped working back in nineteen seventy seven and you're just now retiring, uh, wait, just now applying for retirement benefits, you don't have those recent work credits. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make a huge difference then. Then we're going to start looking into our next section of spousal benefits because it is based on your most recent work history credits. I don't even understand this idea of spousal credit. Are, is, would my spouse be taking... Are you married? A, I am, yes. Okay. Currently. So okay. I hope my wife's not listening if she uh, <laughs> <laughs> thinking I'm taking her social security benefits or something. Is it a matter of taking your spouse's social... No, or, no, okay. no. No, it's just an additional All right. uh, option. An additional option is okay. the way yes. to really describe it. So what does that what does that look like? How does that? Um, so say you're we're gonna just be hypothetical here, Craig. Yeah. So say your wife didn't work; she was a stay at home okay. mom. Okay, and um, you guys are reaching retirement age, and um, she goes to apply. You have the work credits, and she has been married to you, so she has the right to a social security benefit as well. Okay. But off of your you, work record. But you off have to be record. retired or disabled for her to start collecting off of you. So the main the primary earning spouse has to have already retired or be receiving disability benefits. Okay. So the stay at home spouse or the one who didn't or had a lower income, mm-hmm. they cannot go off of your record until the primary does retire or gets disability benefits. Does the secondary cut into what the primary could no. make? No. Okay. There's um, there's no cutting into it. Um, you have to have been married at least one year. Okay. Now let's say you're divorced. If your marriage lasted at least 10 years prior to getting divorced, you can collect off of your ex-spouse's record. Without cutting into it, you're not mm-hmm. there's no penalty right. for your spouse right. for right. that ex-spouse. Correct. Okay. So that just and this really just helps make the amount go up. So let's say let's say both spouses worked. Both worked, but one had a much higher income than the other. Uh, the one with the lower income retires before the one with the higher income. So um, shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say the lower income one does. They can start getting retirement benefits off their own work record. Okay. And then with the spouse with the higher income retire retires, the, the spouse with the lower income Theirs is going to go up because now they can base mm-hmm. it off of their spouses versus before they're mm-hmm. on their or their own record. Do they have to do something to do that? They have to contact Social okay. Security and request it. All right, all right. Interesting. So, so you're always if you're in a marriage, or were in a marriage, mm-hmm. you're always kind of getting what the bet what the most of you had gotten. Correct. Uh-huh. Whoever has yeah. So whatever which whichever income had the highest benefit amount is what you're going to get. Without and you're not penalizing, you're not right. taking money Nobody's away. Nobody's getting it's, hurt. Okay, all right, right, and huh. it, it can for the divorcees, it might hurt a little, 
emotionally. <laughs> right. We're not here to talk about right. that. Right. And we hear it a lot in our office. Like, yeah. right. they are like well, I really don't getting it off right. my record. But there is, you're not getting penalized at all um, financially. And it could flip Just flip. emotionally. <laughs> Let's say spouse A was the lower income person and spouse B had a higher income. They're married 12 years, they get divorced. Mm-hmm. Okay, so spouse A was low income at that time, spouse B was high income. Well, 20 years go by, they're both going to retire. Spouse A, for the last 10 years, has making buco money, where spouse B just started not making anything. Okay. So now, all of a sudden, spouse A has the higher income. So now, even though it wasn't that way when they are married, spouse B can get that higher benefit amount off of their ex-spouse. Wow. Okay. Uh, and again, uh, this is uh, all, and does that matter if you go 62 or 65? So you can be the lower earning spouse and retire early at 65. And then if the higher earning spouse retires uh, at full retirement age, you can just go in and change that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the formula wouldn't necessarily go back to uh, if the early retirement age was the full retirement age, right. but it would be calculated based on some type of formula yeah. that would increase it to what that level. Wow. I had right. no idea that was even. So if you are married yeah. and both of you are retired, you should check who has the higher one, okay. no matter which one you are. If you are divorced and you were married more than 10 years and you decide to retire, you should always check. Call Social Security and ask. And that make it even more confusing. Let's say you were married a couple of times. That's exactly what I was going to ask you Yeah. Next. So let's say you were married three times and two of the marriages were over 10 years. Well, now which social, pick a social security number. Which one do you want to go? Which one's higher? Mm-hmm. Um, because you, it's, the rule is still the same. So whichever one, whichever spouse had the highest. You just said pick a social security number, though. You would have had to have known your spouse's social security number. Well, so in Wisconsin, you have to file for a a marriage license and everything. So there's a connection. Okay, so you you don't have to, like, call the spouse and be like, what's your social security number then? Right, Okay, you should be able to find that. Sometimes they need uh, copies of marriage certificates Mm -hmm. and divorce decrees um, or death decrees, which we'll get into later on. because they don't necessarily have that at their fingertips. Right. You know, I recently worked with someone who was married and divorced out of in a different state. So that person has Ooh. to get those documents to Social Security to prove when those marriages started and ended. So that way Social Security has the most accurate information. A lot of that should be in the Social Security system, but sometimes there's glitches in the system, so we got to have these paper trails. And it's mm-hmm. a federal system. Right. Okay. But it, the marriages are a state thing, so mm-hmm. that's right. why. Okay. Right. All right. What about um, in the unfortunate situation of a widow or widower? Good question. So that would be a survivor benefit. Okay. Um, and for a survivor... It's when um, the primary person has passed away and you are connected to them by marriage or you are a child. Okay. Um, So your parent. So you could also collect in that way. Okay. Um, So it would be off of their work. If you're a certain age, I'm assuming. Um, It would be under the age of 18. Well, so there's a rule. If you're in school... Um, it goes until you are done with school. So it, so there are people, there are kids that are like 18 and still going to school for several months. 
sometimes a couple of years, depending on your needs. College school or no, high school? No, high school. High school. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, if it's whichever comes last. Gotcha. Graduating high school or turning 18. Because then there's the, some that graduate high school and are still 17. Right. So to, to meet that, it's whichever comes last. Okay. Yeah, because it was college. I could have milked that till I was right. 62 and just... Yeah. So I'm not getting my parents. I'm not going to, if my parents were super high earners, I, they're at, at this point, there would be no way for me to piggyback off that. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, but we want to also include when you're dealing with the survivor benefits, you still have those spousal roles from before. So again, let's say A and B were married. They were married for over 10 years and A passed away. Uh, couple years ago, well after they've been divorced. So you still have these earnings from that person A, and now B is going to retire. So those retirement benefits then can end up going back to looking at that deceased spousal benefits too. So that's when we start combining different programs and different rules. The spouse uh, who passed away, doesn't matter if they made it to 62 or 67, whatever that may be. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't have to have it's not like the rule before where if they're still alive, they have to have already applied for right. retirement. Okay. Right, because because they passed away, so right. they can't work anymore. So right, they don't have obviously, a choice. yeah. I yeah. guess that was a dumb question now in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question. All questions yeah. are good. Um, <laughs> uh, sp- okay, all right. I had another question in there, but I lost the thread on it. But So that, that spouse, that ex-spouse situation... You would have, yeah, I think we already covered that. You would have to wait for them to hit 62 or 68 for your benefits to go up. Okay. And then there's also a one-time death benefit as well. Mm -hmm. So if if you're married and your spouse passes away, um, you will get that one-time death benefit that will come to you. I believe it's 250. Uh, The last that it that I've seen. I don't think they've increased it. Yeah, it's, it's a very low amount. It's supposed to basically just go towards, uh, you know, You do have to request that, though. Yeah. You it's have not to. just... Oh, you do. They don't just hand it out. Right. Oh, okay. So Still it is something to keep in mind. And when you're grieving, you know, if your spouse passed away, you're probably not thinking about it. Is that. there a statute of limitations on that? Uh, that's a good question. I honestly okay. don't know. And that I will make a point of looking that up before we meet again next time. Okay. All right. That'd be an interesting question to circle yeah, back to. So the uh, these are all under the um, uh, under the retirement uh, form of Social Security. There is that other form of Social Security SSI. Um, so yeah, we still have we still have disability, which um, is still under the same Rules? entitlement. Okay. Um, because it's off of your work records. So SSDI is for individuals who have worked, um, and the work credits vary based on your age. Um, but so and your earnings. earnings. So you've worked and you've put into the system and something drastic happens to you and you become disabled. Um, it is a type of disability insurance and, um, it's still under the same classification though for social security. And a lot of people use that term broadly. Well, I'm on social security and, or I'm on disability. That one's used broadly too. Um, so knowing which one is is really important because the rules vary, as you can see with all of the retirement and the spousal benefits. When you have work credits involved, 
there's lots of rules. So for disability, is it a matter of taking my 40 highest earning quarters if I were to have 40 high earning quarters? No, um, it's it's based off of the last five years that you have worked. Okay. Um, and you have to meet a medical, a social security determination of disability. Okay. So um, you have to first get that through that jump through that hoop is that you have to be determined disabled and then they're going to calculate based off of your earnings what your payment monthly payment is going to be and to be determined if you're disabled it can either be a physical or mental health condition Mm -hmm. that is going to last 12 months or more or could end in death okay so that's how first you gotta that's that first step are you actually disabled actually the first are you meeting Social Security's definition, definition of disabled? Right. That is the hard part is a lot of people call Jenny and I and they're saying, I can't do this. I can't work. And we we understand that. We understand how difficult it is. But we have to you have there's two ways to get determined disabled in the world of Social Security. One is that you have to meet a medical listing. And so you have to meet X, Y and Z. And the second way is um, through a grid chart system and it has to be you have to have a certain age a certain education level a certain skill level for work and they you get placed on a chart okay it also depends on how much you're earning so they have something called substantial gainful activity so that depends on how much money you're making so let's say you were making a 15 grand a month you were making great money 15 grand a month but then something changes in your life you're still working, but you're not earning like you used to. Now you're earning 1500 a month, or actually, let me use the number, 2000 a month. Well, it, that's considered making enough money to survive on. You might not think so, but based on federal poverty levels, that's, they, they start breaking mm-hmm. these numbers down. So your disability made it so you make less, but you're still making enough that they're going to say, well, you're still working full time. You don't need disability benefits. And so that ends the conversation right there as well. What, what if I, what if I um, meet a situation that rises to the level of the criteria for disability um, at a young age, 18, 19, 20, having not had a work record? So then it's prorated. Well, there's a couple steps. One, it could be prorated based on, you know, with the work you were doing before that. Or if you became disabled before the age of 22, then we have what Ashley and I uh, deal with quite often, which is called, we call it a DAC, a disabled (laughs) adult child. Okay. It doesn't mean that you are a child. It just means when you started getting that benefit, you were under the age of 22. In those cases, you start receiving your benefits based on your parents' work record. Okay. Which then creates a whole new set of rules for how much you can work down the line, what your disability looks like, other benefits that you can apply for. It's just this whole new standard. Because you will now get two benefits. You'll get your own, and then you'll get one from your parents. Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. It's not a bad situation. Um income-wise from Social Security to be in, it's just a more complicated situation. Okay. Right. It's actually, um, if you know somebody who is receiving a DAC benefit, um, they are usually in a better situation for how much they can work and how much money they can have coming coming in. It's just more of a challenge when you're dealing with benefit specialists or 
the average person because the rules get a lot more complicated. Because for both retirement, Social Security for retired individuals and Social Security for those uh, with disabilities, there is a certain amount of work that you can do and still receive benefits. Correct. Correct. And they are different. Yes. So the rules change depending on which program. When we talk about that last. This is why it's important to know what program you're in. Uh-huh. Right. So know if, your benefits. If you're getting disability adult uh, uh, disabled adult child benefits or if you're getting SSDI, that's going to affect the calculations differently. And then we have another type of disability benefit based on need and disability that's called um, supplemental security income. Also known as SSI. Uh, right. That's SSI. That's the one that, okay. yes. Um, so you still have to have the disability determination, and um, this is for individuals who don't meet that work requirement, the work credits, and it's a dire needs program, so it is a base rate um, for, it's $914 monthly benefit for 2023. Okay. So you're going to apply for this, and you can still work on SSI, but it will change the amount that you're going to get, and once you work at past a certain point, you're not going to get any benefit. But um, so individuals that are on this benefit, you have to have a disability determination and you have to have income under a certain limit and you have to have assets under a certain limit. Because they're looking at your, do they look at your assets for everything? Yeah. For retirement? Oh, no. Oh, no. Just for this one. Okay. Sorry. Yes, just for this one. Um, for SSDI, they do not look at your assets. Um, they, it does matter if you are an individual or an adult, um, an individual or a married adult. Um, those matter on what your asset limits are. So if you're just an, a single individual, it's $2,000. If you're a married um, adult, it's $3,000. And um, if you have a child, you can also apply for SSI under that child being disabled. But then your, the parents have to meet that financial and asset limit as a couple as well. So if you have a disabled child, that child could potentially qualify for SSI if the parent's income is low enough. Okay. So if you have a disabled child and your income is high enough, you don't qualify for this benefit. But if you are a low-income family, um, especially if one of the parents are staying home to take care of that child with a disability, so causing their income to be lower, this is a supplement that comes in to continue to help you to be able to care for your child. Um, there's also a lot of, Ashley started to say too about how that number can change. So let's say you are also receiving uh, disability adult child benefits. So you could be getting that DAC payment and SSI. Mm -hmm. So as some payments go up, the SSI goes down. So right now it's $914 for an SSI. That's the base. That's the base. So if you are getting $250 a month in that disability adult child benefit or an SSDI, your SSI will go down by $250. Oh, Okay. So some people will contact us to say, well, they took away part of my benefit. Well, they didn't take it away. It's because the other benefit went up, so this one's going down. Now, if you're working, 
that money you're getting working can also bring down that SSI benefit. But the government really does want to encourage people to work as much as they can. They don't want to limit people. So there are formulas that if you're dealing with worked dollars, earned income, that can be factored in to try and keep that SSI a little bit higher because they want you to benefit from working. So it's, it's not dollar for dollar like it would have right. been with that other example. Right. So with work dollars, earned in, they call it earned income versus unearned income. So earned income is what you physically earned. I went to work. I made this money. Unearned income is that SSI because it's a, it's a needs-based program. It's a program to help people who need that money. So what is a uh, what does an individual do? An unmarried individual of we'll say of middle age, um, without a spouse or family, uh, who is. Um, who, who finds themselves uh, meeting the criteria for disability, what does that individual do for health insurance? Uh, well, so if they're not working, BadgerCare would okay. be the health insurance option. Um, so I don't know the number. It's too new because it's still February. So the new numbers for BadgerCare came out. So it's 1132 was last year. <laughs> that would be what you pay? No, that's the income limit. So if you're below that um, as an individual. 1132 a month? Yes. For a single individual? Yes. Okay. So if you're below that for a month, then um, you would be eligible for BadgerCare. And BadgerCare doesn't have an asset limit um, to it. They just calculate your income. And um, so a lot of individuals who are um, looking to get on disability are on Badger Care because okay. they need that health insurance because you cannot have a disability and not coordinate medical needs. It's important. <laughs> Does that $914, is that related to that $1,100 number? Does that... That's no. with, if you're getting SSI, there's another Medicaid altogether for that. So, so if, if you qualify, okay. then you have to qualify first. Right. So once you're getting that SSI cash benefit, then you qualify in the state of Wisconsin, you qualify for that SSI, different types of Medicaid programs. And that's something we can help people coordinate as well. Okay. And then also we didn't mention that there are other ways, there are additional SSI benefits as well. So if you're getting federal SSI, as long as you're getting at least $1, you're going to get the state SSI benefit. So our state of Wisconsin will give this extra benefit this year. Did I write that down? It's $87. A month? No, $83.78 a month. A month, on top and of the federal On payment. top of that. And that's for everyone who has $1 of SSI. If you are an individual who requires care, um, hands-on care of any kind and it's over 40 hours a month um, then you qualify for SSIE um, and that is an additional $95.99 and then if you are an adult who becomes disabled and you have a minor child that you are caring for there is a caretaker supplement also okay wow uh, covered a lot of ground today, so uh, go ahead and <laughs> meet with the questions. Oh, and just to add on it, so that was the number for 2022. So for 2023, it's $95.99. Oh, so that's for SSIE. That is SSIE. You're so right. they haven't changed. That number hasn't changed in yeah. years. Oh, You're right. Okay. So All right. I, I've been um, throwing out those supplement numbers for a long time. That's yeah. why I haven't memorized <laughs> a really long time, like over 15 years. Right. <laughs> 
because this is what you guys do at this the end of the day it at is. the ADRC, the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Dodge County. Most counties in the state of Wisconsin have an Aging and Disability Resource Center. Mm-hmm. Not all. Right. Um, but there, you, if you don't have one in your county, you would qualify to reach out to uh, a nearby ADRC. Right. And if you, if you so if you have a loved one living in another state and they're not sure what to do, you know, if you need to, you can always contact our ADRC and we can help you find the number for their local ADRC. Okay. One thing to keep in mind, though, is people have to request the assistance themselves. So for if, a benefit specialist. For a benefit specialist. So if Aunt Sally's having issues with Medicare or Social Security, Medicaid, Aunt Sally has to be the one to call. You cannot call for her because we need to know that she's the one who actually needs that assistance. Mm-hmm. You can certainly do it with them. Correct. That's Correct. what we always recommend. Do it with them. Make the call with them either on the line or in the room with you so that they can say, yes, I want this help. Do, do other states have ADRCs or do they yes. maybe have? Is, there so are other is, states that have ADRCs. Does every state have ADRCs? I is do not a federal think so. No. Type of, um, no, not every state. Okay. They they have, I know other states have resource centers, but they're different. Okay. Okay. So there right. should be some resource that's yeah. available in a state if it's got the same acronym, acronym right. that, you know, that's above and beyond what right. we're talking about. The resources are out there. You guys recommend reaching out to those who have the resources for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is saving a little bit of money potentially right. on some of the things that you may or may not change. 920-885-4446 is that uh, phone number. If you've got a, a question for Ashley Sanborn or Jenny Farmer before we let him go, we'll go to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hey, Craig. How's it going? Good, Rich. How are you? Not too bad. Um I just want to hit on something they were talking about, and I talked to them last year when they were talking about the disability. Now, I'm the guy that just turned 64 in January. I'll be 65 next January. I'm on disability. I'm also getting retirement. So, of course, when I hit 62 and I started getting retirement, I got less disability but I'm still getting my insurance, which is, um, I believe, for medical and my chiropractor. It's Medicaid, and the rest is through my choice because whoever I had merged, and it's my choice now. And anyways, um, when I turned 65, I believe you told me if I wanted, I could stay on the disability because my insurance is really good, that nothing would change because I'm still getting my retirement and I'm still getting my um, partial SSI. Is that all correct yet? So, Rich, this sounds like, uh, especially because you're talking about different types of programs in one, this sounds like a situation where you really should just be contacting the ADRC so we can sit down with you and really just look at those numbers. Also, the fact that you're in my choice, that would mean that you're having someone already coordinate your in- So if you wanted to give well, the resource... Well, my choice just merged with... Uh, whoever was through Medicaid, Um, and it it became my choice. So this is a perfect example, Rich, of um, how one company can have multiple different um, plans. So my choice is an MCO, 
They are also, they have Advantage plans and they also have a partnership special needs plan. So there are multiple different avenues that you could be having my choice. So this is where Jenny's saying that um, getting a referral into us come closer to January, um, that we can look at things more in depth for you specifically so that we don't violate any um, HIPAA rules right now. Um, and that we can tailorize it specifically to you. Um, so it, it's a little bit difficult of a, a question to fully answer. But your disability benefits are separate from your health insurance. And so th- they take coordinating. Well, I am getting my, my insurance though through disability. Oh, because you have Medicare. Medicaid. So that's where a lot of these terms could be getting um, confusing, Rich. Um, So I would just highly recommend you contacting our ADRC so that way we can do what's called a benefit. My insurance has been really good to me over the years, and I don't even have a copay. So you don't have any Medicare right now. You just have Medicaid? Correct. So um, at 65, you are going to have to coordinate the um, Medicare because once an individual is eligible for Medicare, um, they should take it. If they are not actively working, they could get a penalty for not taking it. So I don't stay on Medicaid? You could potentially. I don't know. That's where we'd have to really tailorize it to you. Um, But I would recommend come like September or October, Rich, that you really take our Medicare class. I do stay on my disability, though, correct? That Honestly, Rich, I wish we could give you a more direct answer. We're not trying to just go around the bush, but we cannot give you a direct answer without having all those facts and figures in front of us. Okay. So I would recommend you take our Medicare class, sign up for that. It's one of these months. And then also sign up, uh, contact ADRC, um, speak to a resource specialist, and let them know you need a benefit checkup. And then we can actually go through your situation individually because we cannot give you a broad-based answer on your situation over the radio because we don't have all those numbers to crunch for you. And are you still down at the waterfront once a month? So one of our benefit specialists uh, has office hours at the Watermark, and she also has them at the Senior Center in Watertown, and we're actually looking to expand our office hours. What her hours are offhand, though, I don't know for sure. But um, again, even as scheduled to see someone there, you would need to call that main resource number, uh, the 920-386-3580. Um, I'd say since your birthday is not till January, you've got some time, but I would definitely set up an appointment. Yeah, and I'm not driving right now, so I'd have to go to Watermark. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Just let them know that when you're setting it up. Okay, and you said you're still there once a month? Uh, our coworker does have office hours there. Uh, I don't have her schedule in front of me right now to be able to say how often she's there. Okay, I know you said something at one time that you are there once a month. Uh, Like from 10 till noon? So, yeah, that would be Amanda Higgins, who um, she's not here with us today. So she does do office hours there. The only way to get an appointment with her, though, um, is to call ahead and get that scheduled with her. Okay. All right, thanks a lot, Rich. Uh, We appreciate the call.
Have a good day. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming in and, uh, and answering these questions for us and outlining things that, um, you know, are, are very difficult things to understand that have definitely a lot of complex nuances to them and putting them into easily digestible uh, forms so that uh, all of us could uh, better understand them. Remind us again what the uh, the phone number and the uh, the website is for the ADRC, if you would. Uh, so our phone number is 920-386-3580. Our website is www.co.dodge. .wi.gov. Once in there, you'll want to click on Aging and Disability Resource Center and then click on Benefit Specialist where we have multiple tabs under that. You can also just go online and Google Dodge County, Wisconsin, ADRC, and that'll pop up as well. I know I prefer to do that way than putting in an actual address. That Welcome to Medicare class again is March 13th. Yes. Uh, you want to sign up at least a week in advance calling that 386-3580 number. And don't forget that Medicare Advantage open enrollment period runs through March 31st, the end of next month. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. And that's going to do it for today's community comment.